0: So, you want to write a book. That's awesome. That's so awesome. I'm 100% here for it. I am your biggest cheerleader already. I love it. I love it so much when people tell me that they want to write a book. Yes, yes, yes. But see, here's the thing. Wanting to write a book and actually writing a book are way too often two separate things for people. I meet people out in the world every single day who tell me, oh, I've always wanted to write a book and I've got this great idea in my head. And when I ask them how far they are in writing it, crickets, nothing. Now I'm not bashing those people. I was that person for a really long time, but I'm tired. I'm so, so tired of great stories sitting inside your head. Here's the thing. I, I'm selfish. I want to read your book. And I'm not going to get to do that unless you finally finish it, which is why on today's podcast episode, I'm sharing with you the step-by-step guide that I use and my clients use to write your friggin' book already. Get excited because you're about to write your book. Before I start the step-by-step, I do wanna tell you that if you want this step-by-step guide, you can get it by going to writeyourfrigginbookalready.com and you can download this guide when you go into the application form. So if this is a lot, if you're driving right now and you wanna have this later, go to writeyourfrigginbookalready.com and you can get this list there. Okay, let's go. Welcome to School for Writers, where we help you ditch that starving, tortured artist cliche and thrive. No more struggling over whether your story is good enough or wondering if your voice deserves to be heard. It's time to step into the power of telling your story to the world. I'm your host, Lauren Marie Fleming, and I am a book-obsessed, queer, fat, witchy, divinely loud woman, and I know what it's like to have society tell you to sit down and shut up. But I'm here to tell you that you've been silenced for far too long. School for Writers was created to help you push through doubt and fear so you can stop procrastinating and start writing. Because the world needs your story now more than ever. Welcome to School for Writers. Let's get to it. Are you feeling really alone in your writing process? Writing, it shouldn't feel lonely. In fact, if you want to finish your book, actually finish a book, then you're going to need a team of people cheering you on, holding you accountable, and helping you to sit your butt in the chair and do the darn thing. That's why I created Write Your Friggin' Book Already, a deluxe year-long writing group to support you along every step of the writing process. You get group coaching, small pod accountability, peers on the road with you, cheering you on when you stumble, and a proven roadmap for success, with 95% of our participants having a readable draft by the end of the program and a 100% satisfaction rate. That's amazing, right? This program works because I took everything that I needed and wanted in a writing group. I added some of my Lauren special sauce and I put it all together into one supportive, shame-free, encouraging environment that will also kick your butt when you're slacking and procrastinating. Because your book, it ain't gonna write itself, and you, you ain't gonna do it alone. If you could have, you already would have. Not only do you need support, you deserve it. Your dream deserves it, your book deserves it. Write Your Frickin' Book Already only opens for enrollment once a year, and that time, it's right now. The time to write your book is right now. Applications close March 5th and spots are very limited, so you need to go and apply today, like right this second. Apply right now at writeyourfrigginbookalready.com. That link, it's also down there in your show notes if you need it. But again, it's writeyourfrigginbookalready.com. Go now, because the world needs your story now more than ever. And because I personally, I cannot wait to read your book. Hello and welcome back to School for Writers. Y'all, today I am giving you my step-by-step guide to writing a book. When I told someone recently that I was gonna give y'all this step-by-step guide to writing a book in my podcast, they told me I was crazy. Isn't that what you teach in your Write Your Friggin' Book Already program, they said? Why would people go pay for the program if you're giving it away for free on your podcast? But here's the thing, more than anything else in this world, I want you to write a book yes, I want you and write your friggin book already. Hell yes, I totally want you in that program. But more than anything else, I want you to write a book. So if listening to this episode, you then go off and write a book using what I teach you here in this, then hell yes, I, right here, I'm happy. And I want a copy of your book. So just let me know and I'll go buy a copy. However, here's the thing. Just knowing the steps, it's not enough. Knowing that you got to put this thing and do that thing one foot in front of the other, it's not enough. You still need camaraderie and accountability to finish your book. Before I get into the step-by-step guide to how to write a book, I'm gonna tell you a little bit of story because trust me, this matters and it has to do with writing a book. Once back in the day, I was sitting in a Kinko's, yeah, back when there was Kinko's, before it was FedEx Office or whatever it is right now, and I saw an advertisement for the AIDS marathon. The advertisement said that you run 26.2 miles and raise $3,000 to help support HIV prevention and raise money for AIDS research. That sounded like literal hell to me. Not the raising money part. I actually am very supportive of the San Francisco AIDS Foundation, the organization that it supported, and the amazing work that they do and had done back then for my community and the communities around the world. But running 26.2 miles? I literally almost didn't graduate from high school because I was failing PE. Running was legit the worst thing in the world for me. But being the masochistic silly person that I am, I took a flyer. I did it. I signed up to run a marathon. A couple weeks later, there I was in way too much spandex at way too early in the morning standing in a way too foggy and cold Golden Gate Park, ready to run. I mean, ready is not the right word. I was there to run, but I was far from ready. I was in the last group, the slowest runners, and I was surrounded by other people who wondered all of us why the heck we decided to do this crazy marathon thing. And every step we took, every step we took, every slow mile that we ran, we all laughed, cried and commiserated about how we were insane for deciding to do this whole running a marathon thing. But here's the thing. We weren't insane. And this wasn't crazy. Running a marathon? Yeah, it's hard AF. But it's also it's also pretty amazing. It takes you through mental and physical challenges, connecting with your body and mind in ways that I never knew possible. That group We all grew together towards our common goal. I'm still friends with most of them. I even lived with one of them as my roommate for a year. Connecting over this common goal, it's a life-changing experience. One that to this day is something that I lean on and remember during hard times. I can do this, I ran a marathon. I can do this, I wrote a book. Here's the thing, everything that I needed to know how to run a marathon, it's out there in the world. I could have read literally hundreds of books in the library. I could have looked online for some free training guide and I could have gone and ran a marathon myself. But <laughs> I, I laugh just thinking about it. Like, if you know me, you know that's absolutely impossible. If you know yourself, you probably know that's absolutely impossible. My butt, it was never gonna get up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday to go run on my own. No, I needed a group of people waiting for me who would come knock on my door and break it down if I didn't show up and do the work. I needed mentors who had done it before and knew the process of training for a marathon before. I needed peers that could gather with me around a common goal and support me on the days that I got stung by a bee on the track or really didn't wanna wake up or was having really bad cramps. Those hard days, they kept me going. I finished my marathon, I ran it all, I raised $3,000, ran 26.2 miles, it's still an amazing accomplishment for me. And so a few months later, after that was done, I thought, what else can I finish that I've always wanted to do? What else is a big thing that I can finish in my life that can give me this rush and this community? And that's when I decided to start Write Your Friggin' Book Already. I found myself a step-by-step guide to write a book, yes, but also I got myself accountability camaraderie, and a group of people with a common goal. That was the very first round of Write Your Friggin' Book Already, my own personal program that I created for myself and my friends. Now, I teach that program to people like you, people who long to write a book and to have a community while they're writing it. Yes, I'm about to tell you all the steps that you need to write a book, but you're still going to have to go find accountability, camaraderie and a group of people gathered together with this common goal to support you. So if you haven't yet, go back and listen to episode 22 about writing groups and the importance of writing groups. And while you're listening to the steps on how to write a book, I want you to think about your dream team. Think about the mentors you're going to have, the colleagues you're going to have, and the support you're going to have to take you through these steps. Okay. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Step number one, your crappy first draft. This is where you dump it all out. This is where you let the flow go. This is honestly probably where most people get stuck. It's probably where you're already stuck right now too. The first draft is a lot of just like letting it all come out. It's a numbers game. You're trying to get to 40 to 60,000 words. 50,000 words is that sweet spot. You're trying to get as much of the story out as possible. Yes, you're gonna have gaps. Yes, it's going to be so bad, which is why everything for the first draft that I send out during Write Your Friggin Book Already has poop emojis all over it, because the goal is a crappy first draft. If you are making it really good at this point in the writing process, you'll never finish your book. You are failing if you have a good book right now. The goal isn't good. Yes, there are gonna be some beautiful moments that you're like, whoa, where did I come up with that? But mostly it's just gonna be like, maybe the character should do this, or maybe I should teach this lesson in my nonfiction book, or maybe I should do this, or maybe I should tell that story. It's so much of just a brain dump. And seeing where your characters go, or where your story goes, or where you decide to take the book. It is not about perfection. It is not about being great. And it is not even about being good. It is about writing complete crap because only from crap can you build something better. You can't start with great, you have to start with crap. So that first draft of yours, you just take everything out of your head and dump and dump and dump until you get to around 50,000 words. That's the goal. Step two is gathering. So you're probably actually in a similar stage to this right now. Gathering is when, it's my favorite part of the process, and I think it's underrated. It's when you sit and just let ideas come to you. Maybe you're going out on a walk and you see something that sparks an idea that you wanna put in your book. Maybe you have an interaction with a kid in your life and they remind you of this thing that you wanna teach in your book. Maybe you read a story or see something online that sparks an idea of something you wanna add into your book. Gathering is gathering together all of these little ways in which you can add more to your book. They're gathering ideas and thoughts and feelings around your book. Sometimes it's gathering more research or gathering information, but the gathering stage is often overlooked as an important stage. It can feel like you're not actually working on your book. It can feel like you're doing nothing because sometimes it looks like nothing, but really it's letting yourself open yourself up to inspiration and ideas. So that's the gathering stage and that's step two. Step three is what I call your slightly less crappy second draft. And this is only where you just add on whatever information you bound in the gathering stage, whatever inspiration or information or research or topic ideas, whatever you thought of during that gathering stage, you go and add it in that second draft. The second draft can kind of feel like 1.2 or 1.5. It doesn't always feel like another draft. It can really feel a lot like that first draft where you're just dumping and dumping. But don't worry, it's still an important process. You're adding more from the gathering stage. Step four is a third draft. For your third draft, what you're going to want to do is sit and read your book from start to finish on your computer. You now know the first and second draft. You know the ending of the book. You know the ideas that you need to add. Now you can incorporate more of the essence of the book. What are the characters like? What is the goal you're trying to accomplish or the thing you're teaching if it's nonfiction? What is the plot if you're fiction or nonfiction? How does the flow happen? What do you want? These like little details, you start to add them as you read through a complete read through and add on and edit on your computer. That's your third draft and that's step four. Step five is another gathering type stage. You're gonna think for a little bit. You're gonna pause and take a break from your book. Let your mind forget about some of the parts so when you look at it next, it's fresh eyes. And you're going to find yourself a place to print your book. I like to use FedEx Office, like I talked about in my marathon story, but some people just use their local campus printing, some people use their home computer. You're going to print your book out at some point during this because step six is your fourth draft, where you're going to actually physically hold your book in your hands and read it. I have, for people watching on YouTube, I actually have a printed version of my book right here with me. And there is, oh, you guys, there's nothing like getting to the fourth draft, printing it out and holding it and taking this thing that feels so intangible from your brain that's been put into a computer and then becomes this physical thing with words that you can read and read through. Oh, There's really nothing like it. It is such an amazing accomplishment and an amazing feeling. Similar to like, I think when I first ran my first practice marathon. It was like 22 miles or something like that. I was like, whoa, maybe I, could, maybe I could actually do this thing. This is when your book starts to feel real. But this right here, that's why you need a writing group. That's why the step by step process isn't enough, because getting to the fourth draft is when your book finally starts to feel real. That's a lot of time to have to like be accountable on your own. That's the importance of a writing group, people to keep you going through those hard earlier drafts. After you print your book out, read through the whole thing, making any changes that you need, you go and put those changes on your computer version of your book. And that is the end of your fourth draft. And that brings us to step seven, beta reading. You are about to get other people's eyes on your book. You're about to hand your book over to somebody else and say, hey, what do you think? Now, you want to be careful who you choose in this beta reading round because you don't want to give it to like your mom or your sister or somebody or your like partner. No, you want to give it to somebody who's in a writing program with you whose book is also in this stage. Why is that important? Because if you give it to somebody who's a big reader, they're going to expect your book to be at print version ready and your book's not there yet. Yes, you have a readable draft and by this time you have a solid, solid draft but also it's still a draft. You haven't had any input on it. So you want someone who understands where you are in the writing process. You want a fellow writer who also is maybe handing you their book and knows, okay, I've got to be great to your book, So you can be great to my book. One of the things that I think is the most powerful thing about write your friggin book already is that I train the beta readers. So you each are trained to give beta feedback at this stage in the book writing process. So often we just, I remember the first novel that I wrote, I handed it to my parents and I was like, look, here's my draft, read it. And they were like, I could tell they thought it was horrible. In fact, they never read it. They read like the first few pages and quit reading. And that devastated me and I didn't write for a really long time because of that. I didn't share my work with people for a really long time because of that. So when you go out and find these beta readers, make sure that they're people who have been primed, who you've told exactly where you are and who have been trained to give you beta reading feedback at this stage in your book. So now that you've put your precious little thing out and been vulnerable and had people give you feedback, which I guess they're gonna love your book. Trust me, they're gonna love your book. And they're gonna give you amazing constructive feedback to help make it better. That's the point of beta reading. So once you have that feedback that's making your book better, Then you're going to take a little bit more time and go back and gather again. You're going to think about what the beta reader said and filter that through your own dreams, visions for this book, what you want this book to be. Maybe they wanted you to turn it into a romance, but you want it to not be a romance or vice versa. Let it go through your own personal filter of your goals for this book. Sit with it. Think about it come up with more ideas, talk more with your beta readers, ask them, what do you think about this or that? What if I add this or the character does that? Ask, talk with them. Let that ruminate, let it elucidate, let yourself gather more information and take a break from your book to really process what the beta reader said about it. Then, and only after you've given yourself at least two weeks away from your book, after getting that feedback, then you can go into your fifth draft. Your fifth draft is where you go and implement the changes that your beta reader suggested. It's where you go into more depth in one area or add more things over here. It's really an adding on, a making more solid and really deep, giving it those rich vibes that a book, a published book has, that depth, that solid and that feel, that overall general feel into the content, like it's there, like it has bones, structure, like it's safe and supported. I say that a book before this stage feels kind of wobbly, like you're on like a wobble stage. And this is when you make your book feel really solid and beautiful in its structure. Then after you do that, you send your book again for beta reading. I know you're putting yourself out there a lot, but it's OK, because if you're in a writing group where people have been trained like WIFBA, like my Write Your Friggin' Book Already program, this is actually the best part of the program. Everybody who was worried about beta reading and WIFBA, they are loving it. We just finished it and they are just obsessed with the workshopping and the beta reading that they got all this feedback because it was all with the goal of making books better. So you're gonna beta read round two. You're gonna let other people or the same people, depending on your needs and your goals for your book, read your book. And you're gonna get some final suggestions on how to make it a solid, strong book and a publishable draft. Step 11 is to finesse and prepare for line editing. So this is for the time to take those last finishing comments, the last finishing touches before you send it off to an editor who will look at it line by line for the details. That's a professional editor. You want somebody who's trained at this point to do that for you. And that's it. Those are the 11 steps to writing your book. Seems pretty easy, right? Honestly, it is. Writing a book, following a step-by-step process, it's very easy. You know what's not easy? Getting yourself to actually take those steps and follow through with taking those steps. It's not easy to motivate yourself to wake up early or to give up Netflix at night. It's not easy to keep going when you feel like your book is crap, trust me, I know, it's not easy knowing what you need to change to make it and what needs to stay the same. Oftentimes the parts we hate are what other people love and the parts we love are what other people hate. It's so hard to know that on your own. You know what's not easy? Feeling lonely and straight up bored with your book when you know that you should sit down and write. So yes, the step-by-step guide is easy, but actually writing your book, it's not easy. That is why you need more than just the steps. You need a whole program to support you, hold you accountable and get you to write your friggin' book already. If you want to stop procrastinating and start writing, you need to find a writing group, you need to find a writing program, and you need to find people who are going to hold you accountable to the small little steps that it takes to finally get to that major goal of a finished book. So it's time to get your butt in the chair and take the steps that you need to make your writing dreams a reality it's time to write your friggin' book already. You could do it on your own, but why would you want to? Honestly, life is so much better with friends. Going at it alone, it's possible, but having someone along for the ride with you, that's priceless. That's what makes memories happen. Think about adventures in a car ride. It's So much better if you have somebody with you to share in the driving and to help you find good music on the radio. Writing a book with an amazing cohort of fellow authors over the next year would completely transform your life. And you don't have to just trust me. You can hear about how it transformed the lives of the people in my Write Your Friggin' Book Already program at writeyourfrigginbookalready.com. Also, you can go back and listen to last week's episode of the podcast because we had Paige on talking about how Write Your Friggin' Book Already was the first time she was able to actually finish a book, even though she'd gone to grad school to be a writer. If you are tired of going at it alone, if you're tired of your book not being out in the world, I want you to sign up for Write Your Friggin' Book Already. I'm pushing this point right now so much because applications close March 5th, and that is really soon, and they don't open again for a whole year. So you need to head to writeyourfrigginbookalready.com, that link is also in your show notes, and apply today. Because the world needs your story now more than ever. Because I, I selfishly, I just can't wait to read your book. I want you and Write Your freaking Book Already. I want to read your book. Head to writeyourfrickinbookalready.com and apply today. And I will see you in the program. This week's book review is honestly one of the best lesbian historical fiction I've ever read. In fact, it might be the only lesbian historical fiction I've ever read. And I like to say that I don't like historical fiction because I don't get to see myself in it ever. It's so hard for me to sit and read about a world that completely eliminates queer stories and people of color. My community and my world is not represented in most historical fiction, so I don't like to read it. But I loved I loved, I loved, I loved, I loved reading Tipping the Velvet by Sarah Waters. Sarah Waters is known for her historical fiction featuring lesbian characters. And I've tried to read some of them in the past and I, couldn't really get into it, but this time I got one on audiobook, and whoa, so good. First off, the author, the narrator, is so good, and I highly suggest getting Sarah Water books on audiobook because now I'm obsessed and I've read, I've listened to all of them on audiobook. But this one in particular, I feel like there was just like some swagger to the voice and that I needed because the character had swagger. Tipping the Velvet features two women working in vaudeville that become romantically entangled and then break up. And one of them goes off and marries a man and the other goes off and explores queer London. Queer London in the 1890s, folks. That's so exciting. It, I think that it's so often sad how stories that aren't about white straight people get just completely ignored in our society. So it felt really validating and beautiful for me to be reminded that People like me have existed for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, and there were ways in which we worked and made ourselves a space in society and made room for love. And that's what this book is about. It's about finding and making room for love no matter what happens in your life. And that is a perfect book to be incorporated into our February books about love. And especially, you might have noticed a theme here, I'm only choosing books that also have queer love in them because selfishly, I wanna read more books about queer love for myself because I am queer. I wanna see lesbians in my queer romance stories. So this is a beautiful, beautiful book about what it was like to carve out space in your life for love when it was illegal, when it was looked down upon and when it could cost you everything, but it was still completely worth it. I hope that you enjoy Tipping the Velvet by Sarah Waters as much as I did. And a reminder to buy it through an independent bookstore. If you want to listen to it in audiobook like I did, you can get it through Libro.fm using the link in our show notes. Not only does that let you support an independent bookstore by using that link, but also you can support the School for Writers podcast. We get free audiobooks when you use that link so I can review more books for you. Sounds pretty great, right? So go support independent bookstores, listen to Tipping the Velvet on audiobook, go to the libro.fm link to support your local independent bookstore, this podcast, and to get your own copy of this beautiful book, Tipping the Velvet by Sarah Waters. You just finished another episode of the School for Writers podcast. Woohoo! Go you. Did you know that we're more than just a podcast? School for Writers is a full-service support team helping you to get your story out into the world. Here are three ways you can get even more writerly inspiration and education. Number one, subscribe. It's so easy. All you got to do is click that little subscribe button down below wherever you listen or watch the School for Writers podcast. That not only guarantees that you don't miss another episode, but it also helps support our continuation of this show. Number two. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest at School for Writers. Every day we post helpful tips and tools like journaling prompts, reading recommendations, and live interviews with inspiring experts. Number three, visit schoolforwriters.com, where you can check out past episodes, join a writing program, and get even more tips, tools, and inspiration to support your writing life. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our Write More Challenge, a 10-day program to help you jumpstart your writing routine. Thanks again for supporting School for Writers. We'll see you next episode. School for Writers is produced by me, Lauren Marie Fleming, with editing and support from Samantha Olivares. All rights reserved by Las Maestras LLC. Our music is De Lejos by Ilabamba. Check them out on Spotify. Big thanks to the team at Terrorbird and big thanks to Kristen Hulbeck. And of course, a massive thank you to you, the listener. Now put down this podcast already and go right. I'll see you in the next episode.